Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, if you are looking for a terrific place to go and watch a game today, maybe you want to get out and about a little bit, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee, home of the Pig Porker, and they're going to have uh, – they're going to have – uh, I know on the tube today they're going to have the Brewers game coming up tonight. They've got the Bucks game, and they've got ticket giveaways going on out there. So a lot of stuff. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, Pewaukee Lake, uh, right there on Lakeview Boulevard by Smokey's Bait Shop. And once the uh, once the season gets underway, you'll be able to watch, sit outside, watch the boats pull in and out, all that kind of good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Certainly appreciate it. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, uh, what else do we have here for you? This is from uh, Jacob. Jacob says, uh, hey, guys, uh, the prediction sure to go wrong is that the Brewers win the division and win in the first round of the postseason. At least I've got optimism. There you go. I like that. We'll get back into that coming up here. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. And um, I think it, it's it's a logical question, but I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and they said, "Oh, this would just this would make me mad. This would just really, really make me mad." So I said, "Okay, let's 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 delve into this a little bit." The question simply is this: Aaron Rodgers gets traded, or as he's waiting to get traded, whatever. Okay. So he decides he's going to get all the receivers together. He's going to go into the OTAs. He's going to go into the minicamp. He's going to work out. He's going to do anything and everything he possibly can to get ready for this upcoming season. So my friend says, oh, geez, yeah, he can do that for the Jets, but he can't do it for us. He can't do it last year for the team to get better. He can't come in. It was beneath him to come in and work out with Christian Watson, Romeo Dove, Samari Torre, and get them, you know, get them up and running. But yet, he's going to go do it for the Jets. Oh, my God, that would piss me off. And I said, well, I understand it. And I think there's probably a lot of people that are going to be right there with you. I'll be right there with you. I, I, I get it. I understand it. The whole deal. However, however, my thought on this is that he has to. It's a new team. Logically, it makes sense for him to do that. I wouldn't expect him. It's almost like I wouldn't expect him not to be there, not to work out with these guys. Because he's. He's he's got to be a part of that, right? So I I don't. On one hand, I agree as a fan. I'm kind of like, oh god, that that would that would make me mad too. But on the other hand, no, I get it. He's going to a new team. He's trying to indoctrinate himself to a new group of people. It would make sense if he went in, right? Ben, am I wrong on this? Making sense is not something that I have uh, come to be able to do when it comes to this. I would not be surprised. I also, some of the conversations we've heard from Sala regarding Rodgers are kind of bracing for him not to show up. So I expect him not to. Would it anger me if he does? Not really. I don't care. 
I I honestly I think that if if he doesn't show up, it would make me more mad. To be honest with you, right? If he doesn't show up, it would make you more mad. If he mad. doesn't show up, if I'm a if I'm a fan of if I'm a fan of the the Jets and he doesn't show, I'm pissed. You know, you're talking about the possibility of of going to a Super Bowl that he's the guy that's the linchpin for this team not only getting to the postseason but having legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. If I'm a Jets fan and he comes in, I don't want to say new system because he knows Nathaniel Hackett, but, he, you know, Sala, all the guys around him, he hasn't worked with any of these guys. I, I'd be kind of upset if he doesn't come in and put the extra work in to make not only himself but everybody around him better. You know? So I just thought I'd throw it out there. But it was a question that was posed to me, and on, on my, my, instant rea- my gut reaction was, hell yeah, I'd be mad. He wouldn't do it here. Why would he do it there? And then I thought, wait a minute. he's good. Logic then tells me, of course he should. Of course he should. So I just thought I'd kind of test the waters there because uh, apparently, according to many, um, according to many, that uh, this is going to happen sooner rather than later. I, I really believe, and I've said this all along, and I don't think I've ever wavered from this, uh, it would behoove both the Packers and the Jets to get this done before the draft. It really would. Um Otherwise, the the ball is more so in the court of the Packers after the fact because then they don't have to do it until after June 1st, and that's not what the Jets want. They want to get this thing done sooner rather than later. So I think both sides are going to get this thing done in in a timely fashion here in the next couple of weeks. It may take almost right up until the the draft, maybe the week prior to, uh, but there's a lot of people that are starting to go, no, this is going to get done. There's going to be this meeting in the middle uh, it just depends on kind of what creativity uh, works out when it comes to the draft choices. I still think that if I'm the if I'm the Packers and I'm backing down off of the first round draft choice, what I want to do is I want to flip flop our picks, thirteenth for the fifteenth. So the Packers move up to thirteen, Jets move down to fifteen. You're still getting a decent player at fifteen. Don't get me wrong. You take at least one, if not both, of their second round picks. And then you can put that conditional pick on next season. That's that's kind of the way I would look at it. By the way, over on the YouTube uh, stream, you are back up and running for those that want to chat. It's back. I don't know how it happened, but for whatever reason, it went to uh, the video was made for kids. <laughs> this is this is usually not a kids video. We're not we're not G rated here. But anyway, so you're back. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Now, I, I, what what compensation becomes acceptable to many? And no matter what, I think we're going to get the Goody, Goody stinks, he got hosed, the Packers got screwed, all of that stuff. That's all going to happen. No matter what, because they are already – not getting what, 
you know, what Detroit got for Matthew Stafford. They're not getting what Seattle got in return for Russell Wilson. They're not getting that. So people are already mad. So people are going to be, no matter what happens, they're going to be mad. But as this, as the reality of this thing continues to set in, um, it becomes more and more evident that uh, that first-round draft choice is the contentious pick. And if I'm the Packers, I say, fine, if you're not going to give it to us, and we're going to flip-flop it with you. We're going to take 13, you take 15, we'll take your higher second-round draft. You're getting the asset, you're getting the commodity that is Aaron Rodgers. If the Sacramento Kings make the postseason this year, which I don't even know if they clinched yet or not, but if the Sacramento Kings they are did. in the postseason, last night. they did. Okay, last night they did. Okay, that means the New York Jets, out of the four major sports, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, out of the four major sports, the New York Jets now hold the longest, longest streak of uh, lacking postseason appearances, which is since 2010. Why would you not just go ahead and pull the trigger on this deal? Just get it done. Get it done and hope you get this guy in and start working with him if you haven't done so for the most part already. But if I'm the Packers, I'm also saying, look, he's our commodity right now. We're, we're talking about trading him, yes, but he's our commodity right now. We're not going to give you the, the, over, the, the hedging of the bets here. He's not coming there. He's not working out. He's not doing any of that stuff until this deal is done. So I, I'm, I'm like flip-flop the, the ones. Give me at least one, the highest of the second-round picks, if not both of them, or a second and a third, and then we'll give back a third next year if he doesn't play because we don't care about the third round anyway. They can't hit a third-round draft choice to save their life. So that, that's what we do. Does that sound fair? Is that is that that about the, a decent line of thinking, Ben? It is. I don't know. I wonder. I like like obviously the Jets are are in a more desperate position, and they are driven by a guy like Woody Johnson. I just wonder, like with with what we've seen so far from Douglas and Gutekunst, it seems that they both have the capability to stand pat and not just uh, go to whatever the other needs. If you know what I'm saying, where it's not mm-hmm. a we, we see many GMs that I, I feel like the deals happen rather quickly. I think if this was going to happen quickly, it would have happened a week or two weeks ago. Right. So while and Albert Albert Breer said today that he thinks it'll get done before the draft to possibly this week or next week. I don't know. I, I could see both of them digging their heels in and waiting longer because, yes, the only difference is the draft is happening. So you need that pick to use right now. But right. it's not as if Rodgers is going to show up. Or we don't know that he will. Yeah. Uh, it's still believed that this deal, regardless, okay, let me say this, regardless of when it gets done, it's done. It, it's, it's going to get done. There is no doubt in my mind, none, zero, that Aaron Rodgers will not be under center for the New York Jets come opening day. Uh, the reasoning is, uh, when it comes to Albert Breer, he says, I don't think uh, things between the Packers and the Jets are nearly as bad as some people want to believe. We mentioned earlier in the week, uh, as reported uh, by 
uh, Ian Rappaport between the general managers, Joe, Doug- Joe Douglas and Brian Gudikins from their time coming up as young road scouts, uh, along with the two head coaches, Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, that they're really good friends. So any raw feelings between Rodgers and the Packers, I think, are manageable because of the relationships that are already in place. There's also been progress towards hammering out the deal in the large part because despite the whole lot of who's got the leverage argument, there's a reason for both sides to get motivated to get this thing done, which is 100% true. And it, cutting through all the crap and all the stink and all the, all the smear, that's exactly what it is. There's, there's reasons on both sides to get this thing done, hands down. Hands down. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Eric listening to us in Madison. Eric, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, how are you? <clears throat> I was I'm doing good, man. Talking, you were talking about Rodgers uh, having to go to camp. Well, yeah, that's part of the reason why he's getting kicked out of Green Bay, isn't it? If he really loved Green Bay and he wanted to stay here, he would have showed up for all the mini camps. And the fact of you know, the Packers are probably pissed off at him for skipping all these mini camps. That would give me more reasons to go to a mini camp for the Jets to start on the right foot. I mm-hmm. would think. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I I would assume. It, like I said, if I'm a Jets fan, I the minute he's traded, I want him in New York. I want him working out with the guys at the Meadowlands or at the practice facility or someplace warm. I, I, I want to see him putting everything he can into this team, not only making it to the postseason, but having a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl. And if he doesn't, oh, yeah. I, as a Jets fan, I'd be pissed. So as a Packers yeah. fan, people are going to be mad if he does that. But as a Jets fan, I'd be pissed if he didn't. Yeah, exactly. And you also, well, how do I be nice about this? Green Bay media has been a whole lot nicer to Rodgers than the New York media would be if he pulled the same stuff in New York as he pulled in Green Bay. <laughs> um, he would, try- yeah, try- he would be the scourge, if you will, of that. Uh, because if you've ever seen the documentary on Mike and the Mad Dog and the power they have via media when it comes to talk radio, sports talk radio in New York, Oh, my goodness. If he would have done the I'm immunized versus vaccinated type of thing there, it might have been yeah, – they, they would have killed him. Uh, they would have verbally killed him uh, on in, in the media. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you that he is uh, he's going to the pressure cooker, no doubt about it. I'm not taking anything away from the media here. I would never do that. Uh, it's just that there's a lot more outlets that are willing to take chances and don't give a damn uh, in New York and in that surrounding area. That will go after him without a doubt. I mean, I've, I've grew up now. I grew up out there. I actually remember listening to Mike and Mad Dog in the mid '80s, mid late '80s mm-hmm. when their show started on FAN in New York. They were good. Yeah. I like Mike and the Mad Dog. So yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, New York, New York would not be uh, New York would not be real kind like the Green Bay media was. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, right. As far as compensation goes, I was just listening. If you swap thirteen, fifteen, take both of their seconds. I'll be nice because, like I said before, third-round picks go to Green Bay to die. Just give oh, them a yeah. third just so we can get rid of it, and maybe we'll take one of their fourths or fifths <laughs> or something. That's not a bad way to go. I appreciate the phone call. So flip the firsts, take both of their seconds, give them our third. I do that. I do that. Yes. That's not a bad Are thought. Are people being but- serious, Bill, when they say that? Like about genuinely what? giving up a third because the Packers haven't had good luck in the third round recently. Recently, twenty five years. I know. Twenty five the years. They've had three guys crazy? hitting twenty. No, if if you get both of their seconds, give them your third. 
and you flip the first round with them, then not only do you have three choices in the second round, you give up your third, you flip-flop to the 13th overall versus the 15th. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Well, sure, sure. I mean, would people would rather give up a third than give up a fourth. That's my question. Is that sentiment actually out there, or is it a bit? I, I think that sentiment's out there for as, as bad as the Packers have been in the third round. I would I, I, I would credit I it more to it. bad luck. Like I, I would rather have a third round pick than a fourth round pick every time, even if it's been a very bad track record. Um I don't buy into it as much. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh I, God I um just you just go over the years and just look at how bad it's been. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't doubt that. Well, I know it's been bad. I guess I don't look at what has been bad and look to the future and think that will make it bad in the future. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I'm 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 baffled at how bad the third round draft pick has been and I think people are just like, "You know what? Don't even waste our time." The next third-round draft choice that hits will be the first one in a long time. And, you know, the one they chose last year ended up getting suspended for PEDs. Amari Rogers isn't even here, and you start to go through that list. You're like, wow. Wow. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Want to hear from you. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show. We continue on this portion of the program. Brought you to friends uh, over there at uh, our, our friends at uh, San Giorgio. If you're heading downtown tonight, which I am, I'm going to get off the air today and then heading straight down to Calderon Club. Going to do a little Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Over more San Giorgio, actually more uh, than Calderon Club tonight, but San Giorgio, and then walk down to the uh, the Fiserv, catch the Bucks game this evening. So a little pizza, and then heading over to uh, catch the Bucks and the Celtics. Good night tonight. Can't wait. Can't wait. Bucks and Celtics get underway. 6.30 tonight, that game is on TNT between the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks, right now, um, when it comes to uh, the standing, the Bucks, they are uh, the, they're, they're leading all of basketball. Put it that way. They're three games up on Boston. 55 wins on the season. They lead all of the NBA. The Denver Nuggets, 51-24 and 24 over in the West. Uh, but the Bucks are uh, on top of the East. And uh, they've got, what, a few games left and they can clinch and get it done So uh, and clinch the top seed. So uh, yeah, big one tonight. They get the win tonight. That's uh, that's putting a couple more games distance between them and the Celtics, and they just need a couple more games and they're done. 
Good stuff. Meanwhile, Philadelphia five games back, Cleveland seven and a half, New York and Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, after they got rid of everybody, Brooklyn ends up uh, ends up right there. Brooklyn's on the inside looking in, looking out. So uh, Brooklyn sitting in the sixth seed, fourteen games back. Then it's Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago. But I mean, it's it's hands down. It's it's the Bucks and the the Boston Celtics are the two de- two best teams in the East. I mean, that's that's easy. Then you got Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, uh, the Clippers, Golden State. They're coming on Minnesota, uh, the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers by a game and a half. They're inside of the cut line now, as opposed to outside. They got that playing tournament that they would be on the inside of. So we'll uh, pay attention to the West because the West is is jumbled, but the East is pretty much defined. It's the Bucks and the Celtics, and that's about it. So a little more, a little more juice coming up tonight. We'll be over at Calderon Club in uh, San Giorgio tonight, and then heading over to the game after that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670 you can hit us up if you choose to do so let's go back to the phones let's go to tom listening to us in fairchild tom how you doing today man what's going on yeah listening to the show as usual great show bill appreciate it pal what thanks i'm one of them guys that say no you have a four-time mvp you get a 13 this year and a three or a two this year going on the assumption that rogers will play for the jets minimum of two years and then next year you can get a conditional two or three because they need to get that tight end mayor and they need that 13th pick this year. Um, Get a top prospect on defensive rush, get mayor as a tight end because love's going to need them. And uh, I'm, I am one of those guys that say no four time MVP, all the other darkness stuff and not showing up. There's a lot of emotion in that, but you're looking at a guy who can take them you know, deep into the playoffs. And as far as the third round, I think they should just do like George Costanza did. Just do the opposite. If they think it's a good pick, go to their second good pick. <laughs> Great show, <laughs> Bill. I'll, I'll keep listening. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. The George Costanza method of uh, every instinct I've had that I could ever use has been wrong, so I'll do the opposite. There you go. Uh, by the way, the uh, if you go to our lads' scouting report, they have the, the Packers at 15 taking Joey Porter Jr., uh, the corner out of Penn State. Because in Jigba, Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver, goes 14th to New England. Uh, what's funny, though, is, is they're talking so much in New York about uh, the need for a big offensive tackle. And there was some thought that uh, Broderick Jones, the big offensive tackle, does he fall? Does he get down to maybe 13 where the Jets would take him? And they're saying no. So they've got the Jets actually taking Brian Branch at 13, the safety out of Alabama. And the Packers not taking a tight end in the first round. Now there's Musgrave, the kid out of Oregon State, who would still be there. There's Kincaid, the tight end, the kid out of Utah, who would still be there. Um, but they don't have uh, the kid out of um, the kid out of uh, of um, Notre Dame. They they've got uh, Darnell Washington, the kid out of Georgia, going 29th to Cincinnati. Cincinnati needs a tight end. They just lost theirs to free agency, so they don't even have that kid, Mayor. Going in the first round, Ben, and you said the same thing, that you wouldn't take him in the first round. Yeah, not because of him as a player, but because of the other options. 
Yeah. What's is the difference between him and the guy you can get in the second round large enough to make the pick worth it? And I would argue right. no. That's and and it's interesting because you look at both of the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays, they think Mayer is the best overall tight end. And according to our lads, no, he's not even the third best. When you talk about where to, where to draft him, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, they have him going 12th. And then they have Luke Musgrave, the kid out of Oregon State, going 16th. And then you keep going and you get down and you look at Darnell Washington, 28th uh, going to Cincinnati, the kid out of Georgia. They don't even have Mayer as a, a, a first-round pick, which I find rather interesting. Do you know when that was written or put together? Um, Two days? Uh, no, a week ago. Because Kincaid, Kincaid's a tough situation. I, I don't believe he worked out at the Combine or his pro day. I think he's slipping because of some health stuff. Okay. This was, uh, I take it back. It was the 14th. Okay. Yeah. That was likely before his pro day then. Yeah. The, the current chatter has him going down a bit just because of the unknown where they couldn't right. see him work. But out they still don't have mayor going in the, in the first round, which everybody, you know, if you look at all the ESPN prognostications, they, they all feel he's the, he's the top overall tight end and they don't even have him listed here as a top three. Interesting. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixty, and I love our lads. They just get so detailed when it comes to the uh, the projections and the reasoning as to why, as opposed to just looking at the rocketing up the big board. Mel Kuypers of the world. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to find us? Please, please give us a shout. Um, the. Uh, well, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. we got a lot more to get to. More on the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Team uh, questing for the postseason. That's the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to uh, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com as they wind their season down as well, and uh, they are heading into the postseason rather shortly. If you're looking for tickets, you're looking for groups, you're looking for just a big old party down there and get ready for some postseason hockey, which is always good hockey, uh, especially if you get to the end of the season and nobody's got really anything left to play for, your positions are pretty much all set, that's when you just get a lot of beat-ups. You know, you get some ass-kicking going on, so you get some really good hockey. Or you get, you know, a fight and a hockey game breaks out. So I'm telling you, if you want to get down and check out some good hockey, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Chris listening to us in Brookfield. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good, Bill. Yeah, I got a question for you. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but you got Stearns, who's gone now, and Mr. Analytics. Do you think Council will go back to uh, not totally go away from analytics, but go back to more of a, a natural uh, baseball coaching philosophy, where if you've got Burns or anybody else, uh, six inning comes up and they're cruising, they've got a low pitch count. 
is he going to pull him again and start going with the bullpen? And like you guys got guys that are are hitting real good. You think Council will no. keep him in the lineup, or do you think he'll play the lefty righty <laughs> crap? Yeah, no, I I believe uh, going back to what it is uh, people hate is yes, they're they're going to continue to do what they've always done. They're always going to run the analytics, and I know it's not a fan favorite, so to speak, but they're they're always going to do that. Uh, I I really believe that uh, they Craig Council's very good at it at managing in that particular way. I'm not a fan. I I will agree with you. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a fan of um, when it comes to the analytics side. Uh, of pulling pitchers when they're in a groove. They believe that they're hanging on to pitchers and they're making them better and such. And uh, Okay, I understand all of that, but I'm not a fan of that. But I understand where you're coming from, that it's been very frustrating to many when they start pulling pitchers when they're they're only in the fifth inning. They've only thrown 80-something pitches and they're just, just rolling, especially with what we don't know right now, and that is how good or not how good this bullpen is going to be. That I understand as well, but I would assume that uh, they're going to stick with what's kind of got them there and what they've had success with. So appreciate the phone call as always. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Again, 877-867-1670. I mean, it it wins games, Bill. It wins games. managing. I agree. It wins games. And in addition to that, um, they've had sustained success with it. You know what I mean? It, it's it's not like they haven't been successful. Also, I think the beauty of baseball is all of the strategy isn't necessarily to pay off one game because it's such a large sample size sport that you try to make the right decision that will lead you to, say, four to five more wins. But it's a long over the course of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So if it, right. if it doesn't work on the first day, that doesn't mean it's the wrong process to get to where you have to go. It just means because the nature of baseball, sometimes you just don't win those games. It's about getting those Correct. slight advantages where over the long haul it works. Correct. Which is where, you know, we might see it backfire a couple times. And I'm, I mean, I'll admit that. It, it, like, there's no perfect way of managing. Mm-hmm. It's just what advantages can you get? I think Council's great yep. at it. Correct. I, I, they've been really, really good. Uh, you, you can't argue that fact when it comes to the way they've kind of managed those games. So I, it, uh, I'm, I'm with a lot of people that just loves to see complete games. I love to see games in which pitchers are grooving and you just let them go. I'm, I'm a fan of it, but I understand where people are coming from that they don't, they don't like, I, they've had success doing this, um, but you know, whatever. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a call. 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Matt. Matt says, uh, hey, guys, uh, prediction sure to go wrong. The Brewers win 92 games, which I think that's a prediction sure to go wrong. He says, also, my other prediction is going to be that Aaron Rodgers has a terrible season, and I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but he says, I think he gets hurt. Hmm. I yeah, I don't even think in terms of injury. But if you think in terms of he's due to have some kind of a, a season ender, but you know what Brady played Brady only lost what one year due to injury? I mean Brady played a long time, you know. Only had that one season in which he had the knee injury that he lost. So I am, you know, I 
I don't I, I don't look at it as Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt. I think maybe people say, well, watch New York, you know, watch just the bad luck of the Jets take over and Aaron Rodgers gets hurt because he's now playing for the Jets or something like that. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, this is from uh, Chris. Chris, by the way, listening to us in Menominee on the mighty WMAM, by the way. Got to say that. Uh, Chris says, I can't wait to get down to a Brewers game. I will stop over at Calderon Club. Always love their Italian food. You are dead on. He says, prediction sure to go wrong. Christian Yelich hits 27 home runs and 92 RBIs this year. It's going to be hard to get the RBIs if all he's doing is batting uh, batting leadoff. Right? Then again, with a DH, you don't have to worry about, you know, the uh, – you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, pitchers batting at the bottom of the lineup and then trying to drive in that bad – that bad spot, but prediction sure to go wrong. That's a big prediction. That's a ball. I hope that comes true. I do. 877-867-1670. Ron listening to us in Chippewa Falls. Bring it. Ron, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much. How you doing? Doing well today. I'm going to do a little pushback on the, uh, the comments that your partner had about the Brewers winning. How many of the last seasons have come down to one and two games at the end of the season? And let's just take Corbin Burns, for example. How many games has he gone into the fifth and sixth with the lead and gets pulled? The bullpen gives up the lead, and the Brewers lose. Mm-hmm. I think just looking at Corbin, and, and Woody, it happens to Woody quite a bit, too. Just looking at those two pitchers, I think if they would throw analytics out the window, I think they'd have been in the postseason and maybe gone farther the last three, four, five, five years. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, Craig Council goes back to what got him um, his longevity in the uh, major leagues and that small ball. And, Get the hell out and, the show! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it comes to small ball, I just I still, now that they don't have the shift, the, appreciate the phone call, the shift has been one of the biggest detriments to playing small ball. Uh, it just has because you're because guys don't hit the opposite way and they can pull a ball, but they pull a ball on line drives or in pop-ups and what have you. And if they're long, if they're long fly balls or long outs during the shift. Uh, so the shift has kind of taken some of that average away, but um, I, uh, yeah, when, when it comes to playing small ball, there's not many analytics anymore that give you any determination that suddenly dropping down bunts and, Going ninety bases or ninety feet to ninety feet to ninety feet, station to station, is going to win you a lot of games. Still, managers believe that it's grip it and rip it, unfortunately, and I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. I just don't think so. Uh, we'll get back to Ed and Madison when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Don't forget about our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Love me, uh, my Pella Windows and Doors. I love the patio door, the windows. Uh, Today's one of those days. A little bit cooler out today. It's going to warm up. I know that. But uh, got some wind blowing out there. 
I know we got uh, some showers, thunderstorms that are uh, on the way over the next 24, 48 hours. So uh, nice to have the good windows and doors. Plus curb appeal this time of year. People are going to start looking at maybe selling a house, buying a house. And uh, you want your house to look its best and have that value. And uh, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, they had all of that. Not to mention all the innovations and the different types for, to fit it pretty much any budget. All you got to do is go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. PellaWI.com. Or uh, give them a call, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Um, Let's do this. We'll go. Uh, let's before we get into some of the uh, statistics uh, that Ben has. Let's go uh, to Ed listening to us in Madison. Ed, how you doing today, man? What's up? I'm doing awesome. I'll make it short and sweet. I, yeah. you know, there's something I've been hearing through the airwaves lately. They're talking about Gutekind, how they, who who really mucked up the whole communication. And then someone came on um, Grant's show the other day and goes that he thinks Gutekind has a big ego and he's the problem of the Green Bay Packers. And I kind of wanted to, you know, you, you, you're very insightful when it comes to these kind of conversations. I was just wondering, because I don't believe that. I don't think that Gutekind is an arrogant person, but you don't, maybe you have a different spin on it and kind of wanted to get your take. Thanks for I don't appreciate it. I, I don't know about it. I mean, I think anybody in a position of power, whether it's, uh, your quarterback, your general manager, your head coach. I mean, everybody's got an ego. Um, I, I, I don't doubt that. Um, how big of an ego does it become detrimental? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think um, I think, now this is just me, but Gutekinst, Mark Murphy, it's it's different in Green Bay. It's ego aside, man. It's ego aside because it is all about you can't have an ego and yet be beat up every day. You know, I mean, you know, now you got to be able to put away the noise and you can't base all your decisions upon the anger and angst of your fan base. But the only time you can get a big ego is if you don't care. And it's all about you. And the only way that Gutekinst gets out from underneath of Ted Thompson or anything prior to is if he wins a championship. Because that's all it is in Green Bay. It's not about getting to the postseason. It's not about look at what I've done. What what you've done, there's nothing, you haven't done anything. You haven't won a championship since you've taken over. So there's, there's no reason to have an ego and I'm not knocking him. I'm just, I'm stating the facts. So, you know, Murphy, president of the Green Bay Packers, you can walk around and pound your chest and say, look what I've built. Look what I expounded upon. Look what I took from Bob Harlan and what, look what I've made even bigger and better. And the, the sustainability of the franchise, there's a lot there. He could have an ego. Matt LaFleur, one of the winningest coaches since he's taken over, he can have an ego. But Gutekinst, I mean, this guy's just been beat up since the day he took over the job. He got beat up for not trading Rodgers. He got beat up for keeping Rodgers. He got he got beat up, uh, you know, he's getting beat up now for the trade or dragging his feet, the communication. He's taking all the shots and the backhanded slaps from the quarterback. He's had to kiss the ass of the quarterback when half the fan base wanted him to and the other half the fan base didn't. I mean, I, I just, I don't see how he could be an ego. So I, I would probably say no. I, I don't. I, I mean, 
maybe maybe confidence in your ability to, you know, find a talent. But the first couple of years weren't great. That's for sure. You know? 877-867-1670. So, Ben, what do you got for us? What statistics are you going to lay on me that are going to just wow me and open my eyes? I mean, I, I think we could do it later. I, maybe I'm a big – maybe I'm a blind counsel defender when it comes to managing the pitching staff. But what, when, when Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff – and this is the case with a lot of guys in baseball – when they get through the lineup twice, mm-hmm. their numbers absolutely plummet. Like, there's a reason that Council is taking them out in a certain position. Because when, when Corbin Burns first time through the lineup, throughout his entire career, 1.87 ERA, he's untouchable. Second time through, 2.6, still amazing. His third time through the lineup in his career, 100 innings, his ERA is 5.3. For Woodruff, it goes up to almost 5 as well, 4.8. Where there's a reason that these bullpen guys are coming in then. It's because these two pitchers, and I'm sure it's the case with a lot of other guys, save uh, Justin Verlander, who's one of the best ever. It's that when these guys face the lineup for a third time, every single number they have starts to skyrocket. It's like there's a thought process behind it. It's not just the to take him out to take him out and to try to overmanage or to try to overly be beholden to whatever analytic of matchups that's coming up. It's like, no, these two pitchers are incredible. They're incredible twice through the lineup. Once you get to the third time, it gets really rocky. Mm-hmm. That's what I always come back to when, when they get pulled. And part of it is how good's your bullpen. And in the past couple of years, the bullpen has been pretty good until the hater trade. I just I, I, I trust Council's thought process when it comes to it. I think they're the right decisions often. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but that's baseball. Right. Um I, I look, I, there is a, um, there's a thought of keeping innings low so you can utilize them come postseason and you haven't worn them out because much like quarterbacks, they always say you only have so many hits that you can take pitchers. They say there's only so many pitches in your arm. So you're trying to conserve at every opportunity. And I think that's part of what the mentality is for the Milwaukee Brewers and the way they kind of govern their pitching staff. And the way in the past, anyway, they've had a trust in their bullpen. I don't know if they're going to have that same trust in the bullpen. You know? I mean, I think the bullpen has to earn that trust. It does. I think the big question you have to ask is, is the pitcher you are putting in instead of whoever the starter is better than what that starter is when he faces the lineup for a third time? Because history has taught us that both Burns and Woodruff are are not good when they face a lineup Mm -hmm. for a third time. Yeah, I uh, and and that's part of it too. One hundred percent. That's part of it too. Is is statistically speaking, it's not nearly as good the 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 third time you follow uh, or you you pitch to or face a lineup, and they tend to tend to get you. So, and whether it, you can say whether it's uh, you know velocity goes down or just the movement on fastballs or breaking balls goes down, or the fact that they've, they've just they've timed you, they've caught you. You know, which is another area that a lot of managers, it's not just the Brewers, by the way, a lot of managers have now subscribed to this that and because they've seen the Brewers have success. That's the other side of it. They've seen the Brewers have success. So a lot of managers are subscribing to this now. All right, stay tuned. We're going to continue on. Man, that was a fast two hours. Holy crap. Fast two hours of the program. 
Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.